Hi everyone, this episode kicks off our holiday interlude series. Uh, don't worry, Click and the Crew will be back for a Christmas special, and of course back in 2019 to conclude season two. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I just had my fourth child, so uh, production's been a little slow. Thanks for your patience. This interlude episode is different. It's something I've always wanted to do. For those of you that don't know, I consider myself a writer above all else. And uh, I originally investigated RPGs because I wanted to see if they could be used as a writing tool. Then, of course, I tried one with Matt, and then another, and then, you know, Silhouette Zero was born. But I've still always wanted to see if an RPG could actually be used as an engine to writing a story. Uh, then, the other week, I was telling my kids a bedtime story off the top of my head. Uh, I was telling the story of Goldilocks and the Three Bears, and it occurred to me that uh, Goldilocks is basically a middle school juvenile delinquent. Um, because all she does is break into other people's homes and then eat their food and then take a nap, which is definitely middle school behavior. So I took that idea and my desire to do an RPG story and I pushed them together. So today's episode, I'm going to be using Tales from the Loop, a RPG based on 80s sci-fi stories like Goonies or uh, like Stranger Things. Um, and I have the character of Goldilocks with an entire character sheet. I think she's a she's a troublemaker. And uh, every time there was a major decision or a major point of conflict in the story, I rolled using the entire rules. For this episode, I decided not to include the rolls and the results, uh, but you can find the whole script along with the rolls and the results on sillzeropodcast.com. I'll also include a character sheet for Goldilocks. I really enjoyed putting this story together, so please let me know what you think. Uh, also, let me know if you would prefer to hear what the roles were in the episode, or if you want to just leave it as is and the story never breaks from the narrative. So, without further ado, Holiday Interlude, Episode 1. Meet Goldilocks. Christy Lee had long, golden hair. In elementary school, the girls envied her, and the boys admired her. In middle school, they called her Goldilocks. It was a sort of lame nickname that didn't have a lot of sticking power, partly because it wasn't very creative, and partly because it was given to her by Ellie Olson, who had given Christy the nickname in retaliation for calling her Smelly Ellie. That nickname stuck, because nobody had talked to Ellie about deodorant. But Christy kept her nickname. She started spelling it Gold D Locks, as in G O L D space D E hyphen L O C K S, as in someone that could unlock whatever she needed. And she often did. It was mostly small stuff pencils from John Choi's pencil box because he always had way too many, the pudding cup out of Mary Johansson's lunchbox because she was always saying she shouldn't eat it. Candy from Kim's convenience store, but only on really bad days. Goldilocks wasn't sure if people didn't notice her stealing, or if people were too afraid to confront her about it. But in any case, she had only been caught once, which had earned her a weekly meeting with Miss Mills, the guidance counselor. Miss Mills was distinct to Goldilocks for... Miss Mills was important to Goldilocks for three reasons. One, she was young. Two, she cared about students. And three, she was the only adult that Goldilocks could stand. Except when she started prying too deep. Christy, I'm concerned. 
There's only two weeks left in the semester, and your grades have been steady. That's good, right? Means they haven't gotten worse. Yes, but, well, we talked about maybe having higher standards for yourself. You, you can do better than straight Bs. Only two weeks left, miss. Not much to do. Yes, well, I was thinking that maybe we could have some conferences with your teachers. Uh, maybe your mom could come in and... No, mom can't. She's busy at work. I know she is, but I'm sure if we gave her enough time that she could convince the diner to let her have an afternoon off to... Sorry, she can't. The two of them stared at each other. Miss Mills was shocked. Goldilocks was angry. This is just middle school, right? You're always telling me how I can do better in high school where it really counts. I, I did say that, yes, but that's all I can do for now, miss. Thanks, but I gotta go. Goldilocks lived in Karen Cove, a small town that was dedicated to housing Sunwu systems. Sunwu was a major technology and engineering innovator in the new age of robotics and was one of the main competitors to the Japanese corporations. Somehow, the US had convinced Sunwu to leave South Korea and build their headquarters here on a dinky coastal town that was almost dead. A report came out a few years ago that said that over 60% of the people living in Karen Cove worked for Sunwoo Systems in one way or another. People like Goldilocks called them the Smart 60. Or the Rich 60. Or the Lucky 60. The rest of them, like Goldilocks, were just living off their scraps. They cleaned their homes, poured their coffee, and fixed their cars. Goldilocks went to Kim's convenience store after school. Old Mr. Kim was stone-faced at the register. Goldilocks gave him a smile from underneath her neon pink beanie and then skipped to the hot drinks. While she was there making a show of deciding what she wanted to drink, two adults came in and started talking to Mr. Kim in rapid Korean. Goldilocks hit the square switch to dispense hot chocolate into the largest cup. She took a lid and quickly slipped it on top. She was out the door and down the block before Mr. Kim realized she was gone. Karen Cove's first snow came a couple of weeks ago. More snow came every few days, leaving the roads icy and the walking paths with a couple of inches of powder. It meant walking for Goldilocks, who usually lived on her bike. It meant a very long walk that afternoon. A long walk in the cold, where the hot chocolate could keep her hands warm, but not her belly. Sunwoo Systems, being the technological mega-giant that it was, had the best security systems on the market. Auto drones, robot patrolmen, Laser trip wires, just like from the movies. And getting through the doors required voice activation, handprint scan, and having a key card that hung around your neck. But that was the main entrance. If someone walked through the old logging roads, they could find the back entrance. This wasn't as secure, but the buildings on that end were just storage for the stuff they hadn't hauled off yet. There was a guard booth and an old guy named Jenkins. Miss Goldilocks, it's been a few days. Hey Jenkins, brought you something. Ah, you're far too kind. You certainly didn't have to walk all the way out here to bring me this. I was out hiking anyway, and I know this job probably sucks. Well, I don't mind a bit of company, but you be careful out here in the snow. It can get really bad out of nowhere. 
Thanks, I will. So, tell me, what have you been up to? And Goldilocks did. She always thought of little stories to tell Jenkins about her school days. Just dumb stuff, like how Amanda Chen and Bobby Belfast were broken up again, or how Gilly ripped her pants open in the middle of P.E., or how her math teacher, Mr. Ferris, spent all of last Tuesday with a piece of spinach on his teeth, and nobody told him. Jenkins would sometimes tell her stories of his youth, and about the hilarious things he did as a teen. Jenkins, unlike a lot of Sunwu employees, actually came from Karen's Cove. Goldilocks felt like Jenkins was the great uncle or grandfather she never got to have. Which is why the next part of the plan made her feel so very, very guilty. Anyway, Jenkins, I gotta get going before it gets dark. I'll see you later. Goldie? Huh? Sorry, but you can't go today. Goldilocks was frozen in place. He didn't look up from his newspaper, and he looked painfully uncomfortable as he spoke. I know that sometimes you sneak in there to reclaim some of the old junk in the warehouse. My guess is that you have somewhere to sell it to help your family out. I don't mind, honestly. Most of that stuff sits in there for months, and soon we will never miss it. But I can't let you today. I'm very sorry. Goldilocks was in shock. Was she so transparent? She had thought she was a master thief, or at least a pretty good one. Now she found out Jenkins had been letting her in? R right. I'm very sorry. Maybe another day. Okay. She walked down the road, feeling Jenkins' eyes on her back the whole time. She came to the bend in the road, and when she could She came to a bend in the road, and when she knew that he couldn't see her anymore, she jumped into the tree line. There was a pine nearby that had several low branches, and she scrambled up as fast as she could. Ten feet up, she found a branch that would let her climb to another pine, and then another. She kept climbing until she was about twenty feet in the air and pretty far from the road. She held her breath and clung to the tree. Five minutes later, Jenkins came driving by with his truck. He peered his head out the window, and then satisfied she wasn't hiding in the woods, turned around and went back to the gate. Well, crud, thought Goldilocks. This was supposed to be easy. Jenkins said that maybe she could do it another day, but she honestly couldn't wait. Mom wasn't going to get paid for another week and a half, and they were already way too low on money. She had to get in. Today. Goldilocks stayed in that tree for another hour and a half. The winter sun set quickly, and she found herself shivering. Her coat was pretty ratty, and it had a few holes in it, but she had patched it up with duct tape. And she had her shoes on, but they weren't proper snow boots. It was painful up in that tree. She wondered if she could get frostbite up there and die. Eventually, Goldilocks decided that it was now or never. She pried her arms and legs off the tree and descended back down. Moving felt good. She kept along the tree line, heading back toward the rear entrance of Sunwoo Systems. Jenkins was still in a shack. There were several lights set up that beamed large fluorescent cones along the entrance and along the fence. There was no way she could cross the fence without stepping into the light. She'd have to time it just right. She looked at her Casio watch and pressed the light button. 5.58. Two minutes. Six o'clock was when Jenkins flipped on the TV in the guardhouse and watched some cheesy soap opera. 
That TV was pretty finicky, so he usually had to mess with it a little to get the signal. She ran for the fence and vaulted over it in record time. She hit the ground running and made a beeline for the closest bungalow. She skid across the snow, not daring to look back. Once she was around the corner, she did everything she could to catch her breath. She shut her eyes. Please don't find me. Please don't find me. After an eternity, she looked around the corner. Jenkins was still in the guard booth, watching his show. Goldilocks walked as quietly as she could around the bungalow and over to the main warehouse. There were several doors into the warehouse with plain old locks that she could crack through in seconds. Or at least, they used to have plain old locks. When she got to her favorite door, the one out of sight of Jenkins and the lights, she found that there was a newer, electronic one installed. It wasn't the fortress-like security that the front of Sunwoo Systems had, but it was definitely an upgrade. She wondered if this had to do with why Jenkins said she couldn't come in today. Maybe she should give up and go back. No. She had come this far. She had to see it through. She reached into her pocket and pulled out her GX7 multi-tool. It was actually her dad's multi-tool. It was probably the most expensive and useful thing they had in their whole house. Dad was never anywhere without it, and it had done everything from fixing the hinge on her dollhouse to getting the car running again. The day Dad left, she found it on her dresser. The multi-tool was metal and yellow with a bright green digital display. She switched it on, and the display said, hello. Goldilocks unscrewed the outer plating of the lock, quickly tucking the screws between her teeth. Once she could see the microchip, she pulled a couple of wires and attached them to the multi-tool. She hit the red button. The display said, wait. Then it said, go. She unplugged the wires and put back the screws, then turned the door handle. It opened. Normally, Goldilocks would reach into her backpack and pull out a beat-up old flashlight to look for junk. But there was no junk. She kept a pile of useful things near the door. Stuff that would help her sift through all the junk. There was a couple of old plastic crates, a few ropes, that sort of thing. But those were gone. Everything else was gone, too. All the spare parts, the junk chassis, the bundles and bundles of bad wire. Now the entire warehouse was lit by dim light strips along the walls. There was only enough light for her to see that there was a very large thing under a very large tarp. It had to be at least 15 feet tall. The shape was bulky, but definitely machine-like. It was like the tarp was hiding some sort of mechanical mountain underneath it. She quietly stalked around the warehouse edges, looking for anyone else that might be assigned to guard it. But it was empty. Empty of everything except the tarp and the thing underneath it. Now what? She couldn't steal the thing under the tarp, it was way too big. There wasn't anything else to steal in here either. She could leave and try one of the other warehouses, maybe find out where they put all the other junk. But that would take time, and the longer she was here, the more likely she would be caught. Who knew when someone was going to walk in here and start working on the thing? Working on the thing. That was a good point. The thing had parts, didn't it? What if she just removed a few choice modules? Heck, she might only need one. Usually she was taking old parts. New parts might get her a lot more money. Goldilocks walked over and pulled the tarp off. It was a robot. A very big robot. 
Not the biggest robot Goldilocks had ever seen. Those had to be the deforester combine she'd seen as a kid that towered above the forest and felled trees like it were picking daisies. But this was still a lot bigger than her. Like a walking tank. The robot had four legs. The back legs were thicker and more powerful, as if they could maybe carry the whole robot on them. The front legs were strong too, but they had more actuators and pivots, like they could move around, like arms. The torso was broad. It had a head, which was not common in robots. The head was a flat rectangle with a glossy black screen that probably had a bunch of sensors behind it. The whole thing kind of looked like a bear. Goldilocks didn't know a whole lot about robots. She knew what pieces were expensive, but it wasn't like she could tell what this robot could do or how to build it. Guess I'll just uh, help myself. <laughs> the moment Goldilocks spoke, the robot thrummed. Two bright green eyes appeared on the robot, wide and circular. Goldilocks backed up, hand on her multi-tool, eyes wide. The robot also backed up, as if it were startled. Please, don't hurt me! She put her hands above her head and shut her eyes. But nothing happened. She opened her eyes and lowered her arms and saw that the robot was lowered back on all fours, leaning forward as if it were curious. The eyes widened and shrunk. It was studying her. Hello? The bear bot raised up one arm and waved. The eyes on his face disappeared and started displaying letters. Hello, it said. You can understand me? Yes, it displayed. Are you going to hurt me? No. Okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to scare you. I didn't mean to scare you, either, it displayed. Wow, you really do understand me. You're some kind of AI? Yes. I am an advanced computer intelligence. I'm very rare, or so my creators have told me. Shoot, no wonder Jenkins didn't want me in here. Who is Jenkins? Never mind. I, um, I should go. But it was nice meeting you. Why must you go? I have to go home. I, I have to try and figure out how we're going to make it through the next few weeks. Jeez, I hope Mom paid the heating bill. Okay, let us go. Us? What? No, no you have to stay here. You're a Sunwoo Systems robot. This is your home. I am your protector. I will go with you. Goldilocks frowned at the robot. Protector? That didn't make any sense. Maybe it was running some sort of sample software, or maybe it had its wires crossed. Maybe that's why it was out here in the junk warehouse. It didn't work. No, robot, you need to stay here. My official designation is 2KB34R-CT1. Well, there's no way I'm calling you that. You look like a bear. I'm calling you bear. That alright with you? Understood. What is your designation? Goldilocks was having a hard time believing she was having a conversation with a robot. Robots were just machines. They did things like vacuum or drive trucks or fix the roads. You didn't introduce yourself to it, you just ordered it around. But it did ask. Not answering would be rude. You can call me Goldilocks. There was a sudden buzzing sound. Goldilocks turned to face two Sunwoo System security drones. They each had a single eye beneath their razor-sharp helicopter blades. 
A green laser streamed out of that single eye, running over everything in the room until it found Goldilocks. Intruder detected. Executing. Executing? You're gonna kill me? Goldilocks ran forward the same moment the drones moved toward her. They were fast, but they weren't very maneuverable, and her sudden approach caused them to overshoot her. She glanced back over her shoulder and watched them circle around and zip straight at her again. Goldilocks pivoted and threw her weight to the side, throwing herself to the ground. The drones didn't have weapons, intending instead to use their helicopter blades to cut her up. They missed, but Goldilocks was now on her back. She flicked the multi-tool to hammer mode. It wasn't much of a hammer, but it was all she could think of to use. If she timed it just right... The drones came about. They dropped low, skimming the floor of the warehouse. Goldilocks got into a crouch and held the hammer above her head. A metal paw bashed one drone. The other flew away. Goldilocks turned to see Bear. His display had eyes again, except they were now red. Bear rose to his hind legs, standing powerful and menacing in the room. What the... Bear? The drone buzzed in confusion, but it wasn't programmed to attack a robot from its own company. The drone made a beeline for Goldilocks, and once again Bear bashed it to bits in midair. <sighs> Thanks, Bear. Bear lowered himself to four legs again, his eyes turning green, then back to the text display. Are you injured? No, I I'm fine. I need to get out of here, though. Acknowledged. Before Goldilocks could turn away, Bear reached out with a massive arm. She yelped as the hand closed around her torso, but Bear was surprisingly gentle. She scooped her up and dropped her on his back. To her surprise, there was a place for her on the back. It was sort of like a saddle with legs and arm holds for her to use. There was also some sort of interface jack and a bunch of keys and switches. Nothing was labeled, so Goldilocks didn't mess with it. She settled in the seat. Okay, now what? Bear lumbered forward. He was fast, extremely fast, and strong to boot because once he was at the entrance, he smashed through the door as if it were made of tissue. Cold air rushed onto Goldilocks, and when she managed to open her eyes, she was outside again. Bear lurched forward, running for the gate. From Bear's back, Goldilocks could see Jenkins getting up, stepping out of the security booth, and then diving back in as he saw the robot charging for him. Bear crushed the chain-link fence and started straight for the woods. At first, Goldilocks figured that he would continue rampaging forward, destroying half of the forest. But Bear was a lot more aware and agile than she thought. He moved around the trees, over logs, and across rocky terrain without any errors. It was honestly like she was riding an animal. Hey Bear! I think we're clear! Can you stop a second? Bear complied, stopping beneath a large pine tree. He raised one arm, offering his hand like an elevator. Goldilocks took it and found herself standing on the forest floor, looking up at the robot. Okay, thanks for getting me out. You can go back now. They're going to be mad at you that you left, but if you go back, I don't think they're going to care. I cannot. I am your protector now, the display said. Goldilocks looked around the forest. She was illuminated by Bear's bright green gaze and the half-moon that hung in the sky. It was snowing now, and the reflection of Bear's eyes made the snowflakes look like emerald pixie dust. Well, where the heck am I supposed to hide you? Thanks for listening to this experimental interlude episode. 
Let me know what you thought of it on Twitter at SilZeroChris or by email at SilZeroPodcast at gmail.com. That's spelled S-I-L-Z-E-R-O. Hey, if you need holiday gifts, you can also head over to our Public store at SilZeroPodcast.com and click on Merch. We have shirts, phone cases, stickers, all sorts of stuff for the SilZero fan in your life. If you want to support us, you can do that at ko-fi.com slash SilZero and send a donation, or you can go to patreon.com slash SilZero, where you'll get access to bonus episodes and content. Coming up on the Patreon, Leslie from the Heroes of the Hiding Way podcast will be GMing me and Matt in Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. It'll be hilarious to see how bad we are at D20 games. You don't want to miss that. Until next time, keep following your dreams until you get them just right. Yeah, that was a that was a Goldilocks joke. Goldilocks turned to face two Sunwoo systems. Uh, why did I make things with two S's? Goldilocks turned to face two Sunwoo systems of security. Oh my god, there's three S's. <laughs>